Welcome to the Strife Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything competition, whether it be sports, reality competitions, or who can get their NFL game forfeited first. If you're competing, we're talking about it. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with my co-host, CJ. CJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited about everything that happened this week. I get, I'm glad I get to talk to you and recap it. As we look forward to certain things. I mean, there were a lot of things that happened this week. You want to just jump into it? Yes. Okay. So this week on The Strife, we're going to be talking about the Lakers. We're going to be talking about the VP debate and the Bachelorette. But first, we're going to start with the NFL. This week, we had some games out of order. Yeah, it was... uh COVID finally uh, touched the league in a big way. It was like a hurricane that like came through. It took out most of the Titans. Yeah, not to be confused with the hurricane that might come through this weekend, making the Saints move their game to Indianapolis. You know, they said that they don't suspect that they're going to have to leave the Superdome. That's good. Did they have proper hurricane testing in place? Because the Titans did not. <laughs> I think they do because the Titans... Uh, they're not ready to go. I'll, let's talk about this COVID situation. So there's about six teams now that have been touched in some way by the COVID situation overall. So you have the Titans who had to have the Steelers game rescheduled. You had the Patriots and the Chiefs who had to move to Monday because of COVID. Right. And then you had the Jets with the – a presumptive positive this morning, they had to send their players home. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Like, we all knew that it was likely to happen because apparently it only works in a bubble. You right. have the two you outbreaks have, in baseball. If you don't have a bubble, I mean, the kudos to the NBA. Kudos and the NHL. And the NHL because those guys had no problems by having the bubbles and have everything good to go. We saw it happen with the Marlins. We saw it happen with the what Cardinals with the Cardinals. If if you're not in a bubble, people are going to get sick. Things are going to happen. Luckily, we didn't have any more issues with baseball, but here we are week five. Well, baseball figured it out. And for the playoffs, they created a bubble. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. They were like, huh? If we want to get this World Series done, we should probably stick all these people in one place and don't let them go anywhere. And you could do 32 soft bubbles just like. Have like everybody down in compounds in the area, let their families move in. These guys make millions of dollars. I know these. Yeah. I know the wives have jobs to do, but these guys make millions of dollars. Bring your wife, bring your kids. Don't bring your wife. Don't bring your kids, whatever. But if we're trying to do this, you got to lock it down. But the Titans have like 26 players. Uh, Players and coaches. Personnel. Yeah. It's team personnel. And it started with a small outbreak. The NFL came in and said, hey. You're having an outbreak, so nobody work out, nobody at the team facility until we figure this out. Right. And then the next day, the Titans had, players had the audacity to hold their own workout and then say, well, we're professionals. You know, we're working for our jobs. Yeah, that's true. Y'all could have worked out individually. You did not need to have a, a team a team workout because guess what? Corey Davis, who is a wide receiver, starting wide receiver on the team, went to that workout. He tested positive. Mm-hmm. Like you're now up to the 20s. You had your game last week rescheduled because the Steelers couldn't play you. So now the Steelers just had their bye week 
And they had the same bye week as the Ravens. So then they moved the Ravens games. Now the Ravens, who are not even involved in this outbreak, have had a, a game rescheduled mm-hmm. because you couldn't follow the rules. Oh, and because of that practice, you have people still testing positive 11 days later. Yeah. So now you were supposed to play the Bills on Sunday, which as of this recording at 1155 a.m. Pacific Friday, that game has been moved from Sunday to Tuesday. But because that game was moved from Sunday to Tuesday, we now do not have Thursday night football next week because, because of the, the Bills were supposed to play on Thursday against the Chiefs. But you can't make them play Tuesday and then again on Thursday. So that game's been moved to Sunday. Yes. <sighs> so much because all because of one team not following the rules and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So like it, this becomes a competitive balance question. Like the NFL had increased. Uh, practice squad rosters and everything, but mm-hmm. because the Titans are having an outbreak, they don't want to have anybody play anybody. But like, at what point do you stop making accommodations for one team and just make them forfeit? Cause the NFL right. has talked about, you know, strong punishments coming there, investigating the Titans. They've talked about finding them. They've talked about taking away draft picks. They've talked about possibly causing a forfeit, which causes a lot of financial questions. But at the end of the day, they need to learn that there's repercussions for their actions. Right. It, you also got to keep people safe, right? So if the Bills had to take a forfeit from the Titans this week, there won't be any game checks. Right. But the Bills get a win, which I don't know. I know some people care about, not not the listening base, but some people that are on the organization have some care about, but some don't, I'm sure. Yeah. So... There, there's going to be those repercussions as well as the Bills players won't they won't get the, the, the game in there. And the Titans have now at that point not played for two weeks. Yeah. And then they just got to be ready to go. You know what though? This is good for my fantasy team because I have AJ <laughs> Brown and he was nursing an injury and this is a nice two week break. So you want them just to reschedule these games. You don't want them to actually play them. So you get more. Just reschedule. Time. I need, I need them to get another chance. I need so, another chance. Another here, time. Here's the thing for the Titans is like you said, it's, it's a game check question is why we don't know if they're going to make them forfeit or not. Why don't they just make the Titans pay the game check for the team that they forfeited to? Ooh, that's a good idea. So like rather than finding them, Rather than taking a like take away a draft pick too, because that affects the competitive balance down the road. But like find them the game check amount for the other team and pay those players out. Mm-hmm. The problem is the union is still gonna have a grievance on the Titans players' behalf because they didn't get paid. But like, does Corey Davis get to be a part of that grievance? Because he's he got sick after so okay, and he didn't follow here's the, rules. the problem is that I don't think I think most people are going to get COVID. It's a thing that happens. It's tough, right? But I don't think I don't think that it's fair to have to punish the guys like Adam Humphreys who got it in the first wave. Yeah. But these guys that are still getting it now because of their negligence, those are the people. Those are the people that need to have the bigger punishments, in my opinion, because of the negligence, as well as those that did not. Even get it like Ryan. Apparently, Ryan Tannehill, the captain and starting quarterback for this team, was at this unsanctioned practice. Yeah. So like this was a player organized practice from 
all reports. Yeah. You ha- it, it sucks because if you're one of the ones that didn't go or you did you chose not to participate, you were following the rules and you're being punished. But unfortunately, as we've learned as a society, the few can affect the many. And this is a organizational failure at this point. So I feel like, unfortunately, whether you're innocent or guilty, you're guilty by association with this group. And they need to be made an example of at this point because they're at risk of jeopardizing the season. Because like we just talked about in the last five minutes, how this their one game being postponed against the Steelers and now the second game being pushed back two days has affected six or seven teams. Mm-hmm. At a point, you're going to have to come down on the Titans to make an example so that the other 31 teams go, oh, they're not messing around. We should probably follow the rules. The NFL is very much a we need to eliminate distractions and coddle these players so they can focus on football type of environment. This is the environment that they've created by saying you have to practice, you have to be ready, you know, we're going to ignore the rules. So you got to punish them to get them in line. Right. And, and that's, the only, that's the only way they're going to learn. That's the only way they're going to see how this goes. Exactly. So we might be getting some football on Tuesday, which is and, a fun thing. I mean, we're going from Thursday and because all the colleges chickened out and they're playing, we're going to have football from Thursday to Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a long week of football, but we're we're here to cover it all. We're here to cover <laughs> it all. Um, there was a game last night. Switching gears a little bit. There was a game last night. So this was the first game that Tom Brady. Rematch. Brady versus Foles. Not Eagles versus Patriots. Nope. Just Brady versus Foles since the last time they met in the Super Bowl. This reminded me of uh, Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Yeah, you got it. But it wasn't the fight you expected. <laughs> it wasn't the same. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles once again beat out Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady looked great in the first half. Right. And then apparently he left his secret stuff on the sideline. And then Big Dick Nick picked it up. He took a swig. And he got his superpowers back in the second half. Yeah, it was very evident. I mean... Brady forgot what down it was. <laughs> that was towards the end of the game. Uh, when he's holding up the four, he's like, we get a fourth down. They're like, Tom, that, that was a fourth down. Yes. That was, that was a fourth down. And he's like, no. But, oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. That was that was pretty funny. So uh, do you think that was just, you know, him mismanaging the situation? Or do you think this is an age-related <laughs> Definitely not age related. I'm not gonna do that, Tom Brady. I, you know, I have a hot take though, and I've okay. been saying this forever. I don't think Tom Brady's great. I don't. You think he's a, the ultimate system quarterback? He's the ultimate system quarterback. The Bill Belichick system is the best system I've seen ever in football. I think. Hot take. I think Bill Belichick is the second greatest coach of all time in all sports Behind. after. Greg Popovich. Okay. And I think Tom Brady is just, he's a jack. Mm, I wouldn't go that far, but he definitely is a product of his surroundings. Okay. As far as, I don't know if he's 
the goat without Belichick, but I still think he was very good. But like, I stand by Peyton Manning is the best quarterback I've seen play in my lifetime. I don't even think this is a hot take. I don't even think that he's a top five all time quarterback. Okay. I don't. I have. I have Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I have Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. This is not in any particular order. Yeah. I have Aaron Rodgers. I have Drew Brees. I have Peyton Manning. I have Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And I have Russell Wilson all ahead of him. But those are all current. Yeah. I think I think we're obviously in, in a new age of passer. True. So and so, which is why Peyton Manning's in there because he's a part of that new age of passing. Yes. So that's why I have those guys ahead of Tom Brady. Tom Brady might be six. I don't know if Brady's in my top five, but like, I think you have to pull um, Joe Montana out from his era because I think he would have been great in any era. Okay. I think you got to pull LA out okay. from any era because I think both of them so will transcend it, now. I do think that the list should reflect more currently because it's a far more pass heavy league. So even if you do that, then you let's say you put him in there. Now Brady's sitting at eight. I mean, so you bring those two. I'm going to put Peyton Manning. As I said, he's the best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put. Hmm. This is tough. I'm probably going to put Breeze, who has mm-hmm. also been very good for a very long time. I got spot for one more. How can you not go Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has been really good for a very long time, too. I guess my biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers. So here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers is you're like, well, where are the rings? Because like Roethlisberger has more rings than him. Eli has more rings than him. So but just, he's the victim of his circumstances, unfortunately, I, because I, someone like Philip Rivers should like this is a different conversation. But Philip Rivers might not make the Hall of Fame despite having the counting numbers because he had no Super Bowls because, unfortunately, he played at the time of Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger, right. who won, between the three of them, have won 10 rings, I want to say. Brady has six, Manning has two, and Roethlisberger has two. And there's only been 50-some-odd Super yeah. Bowls. And then you throw in Eli, who has two. So that's 12 years of his career. Mm-hmm. And this is year 15. And then there's, you know, the immortal Joe Flacco would one. Yeah. Uh, He's elite. He's elite. Yeah. 100%. Uh, he here, got paid like one. Here's the thing though, right? And this is the thing people get on me about all the time, personally, because I say this, I, I, I have some hot takes about things like Batman's not a real superhero. There's things that I have takes on and Brady not being the goat. It's one of them. And the reason that's a big deal though, is that people come at me. And they say, but Kevin, he has six rings. And I say, that's cool and all. But I feel like rings have a lot more to do with coaching than they do with players in all sports, which is why I still say LeBron's a goat over Jordan. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like it has a lot to do with what happens around you than what happens to your team itself. I think Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. But Steph Curry is not ever going to be in any goat conversation. Because he's a fantastic shooter, but he got three rings in four years. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to enter those conversations 
because he's not great defensively. No. He had a lot of problems early in his career with injuries. Yes. Um, like I said, his shooting is, is fantastic. He's undersized. His handles are good, but I've seen better point guards in terms of distributing the ball and handling the ball like Chris Paul. So the thing with Steph Curry is he's an undersized shooting guard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he became a point guard and he can function as one, but that's not his game. Right. But what I'm getting at is that he's not entering your GOAT conversation because of these other deficiencies. If you want to talk about rings, he has three in four years. That's great. Yeah. That's why I can't use, I don't ever use championships to determine who's the greatest of all time at a thing, which is why Tom Brady is a system guy. Cause you look at guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not very good. He's, He's a system okay. guy. You, you look at guys like Jacoby Brissett, who not looked good. fine on, on the Patriots. What's his face that that played for the Patriots that one year when Tom Brady got hurt? Matt Castle. Matt Castle is the reason that I became out on Tom Brady because when he was able to take them to 11 and 5, I was like, oh, this system's really good. Yeah. Oh, Tom Brady's really good at just working this system. Yeah. Oh, wow. So then now when I say that, people are like, Kev, he's 41. That's why he's not very good. Kev, he's just getting used to this team. That's why he's not very good. You just want to make excuses. But in reality, he was never that great to begin with. He was a six-round pick on purpose. Brady Brady is not the reason that they won the first three Super Bowls. It was the defense. Brady became good around 2005, 2006 is when he became elite. Mm -hmm. And you saw it in 2007 when he threw all those touchdowns to Randy Moss. But he threw them all. So he had 50 touchdowns that year. Yeah, he threw 23 of them were to Randy Moss. Yeah, but that was when people... Remembered how good Randy Moss was. Yes. Randy Moss is one of the best wide receivers of all time. Yes. And if he caught 23 touchdown passes and people wanted, people like to come back at me and say he threw the 50 touchdown passes that one year. Mm-hmm. And I said, right, but Randy Moss caught almost half of them. Yeah. I wouldn't say Randy Moss is the best receiver of all time, but I'd say he's the most gifted. Okay. Like his talent was him and T.O. are the two biggest freaks I've ever seen mm-hmm. at wide receiver. And Megatron. And Megatron, who I forgot about because him and Barry Sanders, both freaks, Lions forced them to retire because they couldn't handle the losing. Yeah. So with that being said, though, about Tom Brady, that's why I don't think Tom Brady is great. I know that's a hot take. I know people are not going to be here for it, but I think Tom Brady's okay. I think he's good, but he's not. Like I said, not even in my top five. He's not the GOAT. But people want to come at me with those those championships. Yeah. It takes a whole team to win a championship. It it just does. Unless we're talking about golf. Unless we're talking about tennis. You can't come at me with championship rings and tell me how how good someone is. Well, that's my biggest thing when you're talking about the GOAT is, yeah, Brady has six rings, but he wasn't the best player on the team in three of them. He wasn't the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to cross it across sports, like, people say Kobe was the GOAT, but Shaq got him three rings. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, it's, it was never going to be him if you're using rings as an argument. Jordan was the best player on all six teams. Right, but Scottie Pippen was right there. Well, Scottie Pippen might have been the second best player in the NBA at that point. Which is why I always go back to LeBron being the GOAT, because LeBron's done it with just guys. Like, this, this ring right here, we're going to get into basketball. But this ring that he's going to get right here, a lot to do with Anthony Davis. Well, it's funny because, like, 
people drag LeBron, oh, he lost six finals. But of this is his 10th trip to the finals. Mm -hmm. He was the favorite in three of them, and he went two and one. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. stole the one uh, against the Warriors, Mm -hmm. the one that he had no business winning. I'm still bitter about it as a Warriors fan. (laughs) But, like, you're like, well, he loses in the finals. Well, when your teammates are the Dragunas Ilgaskis and uh, Booby Gibson, like, when Daniel Gibson's the best player on your team, yeah. After you, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So, like, if we're gonna go down the list, his first finals against the Spurs, they had no business being there. He was not ready to be there, and he got them there. He got them there, and he showed out. But he he had a band of misfits with him. Mm-hmm. He goes to the Heat. That the first finals that they lost to the Mavericks is the only one that was inexcusable. Yeah, like that was one where he froze. He wasn't ready for prime time. Dwayne Wade tried to carry him. Couldn't get it done, but it couldn't tried. get it done. Then they won the next two. Mm-hmm. So at that point, when they played the Thunder during that season, you saw Wade be like, give him the torch. Yep. Like it wasn't 1A and 1B. It was Batman A, and Robin, B. not Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. So that was when LeBron took over. They won the next two. They shouldn't have beat the Spurs the first time they did, even though they were the, the favorites. And they got bailed out by that Ray Allen miracle shot mm-hmm. and then went on to win a game seven. Then the next year they got the doors blown out yeah. by the Spurs, which we knew that was coming. Then they start. He goes back to Cleveland and he has Kyrie and Kevin Love, which I don't think Kyrie's that good. Mm-hmm. I think he's an electric offensive player, but he is such a minus on defense and a locker room cancer yep. that you he's a net neutral or negative so and then Kyrie gets hurt that finals yeah so does Kevin Love in the playoffs both of them get hurt so LeBron has to do it by himself the next year is the improbable comeback yep comes out of nowhere wins LeBron goes back again yeah it goes back again against Durant gets killed Mm -hmm. then they did it a fourth time Mm -hmm. and got killed again so then he left and went to the Lakers this is the first year that he gets hurt of his career. And so it's the first year he doesn't go to the finals. Yes. And then here we are now. He goes and gets AD and and then he brings his clutch friends. And (laughs) I don't mean clutch friends like they're clutch at basketball, (laughs) but clutch sports. They're all clutch sports guys. Once again, not clutch at sports, but clutch sports group. Yes. That's what they can see. He brings those guys and we'll see what happens. We're going to get to that next. Let's wrap up with football real fast. I have all of that was to say that Tom Brady's not the GOAT. Yeah. Sorry about that rant, but Tom Brady is not the GOAT. Let's go ahead and just pick these games real quick. Rams, Washington, who are you taking? Rams. Jacks, Texans, who are you taking? Texans. I think that they're going to rebound from getting rid of Billy B. Billy O'B. Yeah. Listen, Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the coach fired. 100%. Uh, you can't give that dude that much power, but you had to like clean house. Yeah. Well, they had to clean house. The biggest problem is. They're going to have to figure out a way to rebuild with no draft picks. Yeah. Because he traded away draft picks until 2037. And I'm only being facetious a little bit. Yeah. There there were a lot of draft picks he gave away for a lot of bad trades. Yeah. I mean, this dude traded away DeAndre Hopkins, got Brandon Cooks, and David Johnson was like, we're coming up in this world. He's like, "Mm." yeah. And then ownership was like, "Mm, probably not. Yeah. And the, the funniest part to me is, we talked about this on week one of the podcast that Texans were going to have a rough schedule. I hadn't looked at the schedule while we were talking about it, 
I looked at the schedule and said, ooh, ooh, this looks brutal the first five weeks of the season. Yep. Didn't think they were going to fire him because you look at it and it's it's schedule losses. You think best case scenario, they're coming out of it one and three. But the thing is, you're watching David Johnson run. You're watching the people's uh, the rushers still get to, to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and, those are the oh, those are the deals you made. And oh, the receivers yeah, yeah. aren't getting separation. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Will Fuller. He's the only one. Yeah. And he's the injury away from being out again. Yep. So it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get rid of this dude. Yep. So week four was an interesting time to do it, but they did it and they had to get it done. Mm-hmm. So you're picking the Texans? I think they're going to do it with the new coach, Romeo Cornell, oldest coach in NFL history when that game starts. Yeah. Bill's Titans. Who you picking? Despite the Titans' extensive time off, I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay, I'm going Rams. I'm going Jags, and I'm going Titans because they had a two-week break. (laughs) And they're coming off that bye. Let's talk about basketball a little bit. The Lakers are going to close it out tonight. We'll talk about that next week. They're closing out tonight. Next week, we'll have a Lakers coordination. I'm a Lakers fan. I'm excited to talk about the King and AD. So if Jimmy Butler has another 40-point triple-double, Coronation to be moved to Sunday. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yep. Because that's what's gonna it's gonna take a Herculean effort from Jimmy Butler to get anything done to get, win this game tonight. But if not, uh the Lakers are gonna close it out tonight. Shout out to the Seattle Storm and Sue Bird. Brianna Stewart. I mean, they outclassed the Aces. I know we talked about Maya Moore being amazing, but Sue Bird might be the GOAT. Yeah, she might be. We're not talking yeah. about championships, we're talking about the body of work. Yep. Like especially because you add college in any women's basketball conversation mm-hmm. in a way that you don't with NBA players. Right. Well, because a lot of times the NBA players don't don't go go to college. I they mean, go LeBron, for one year. But then LeBron, he didn't go at all. I mean, Zion played what like three games. Now he played more than that, but like essentially, like yeah. he was there. Like I mean, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons went to LSU. They don't make the tournament. He withdrew from LSU. Yeah. That's 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 why you don't talk about it. But Subaru went to UConn. Played for four years, won four championships, mm-hmm. goes on to the WNBA, and she's the best point guard ever in the WNBA. Yeah, she's definitely a jewelry collector when it comes to championships. Mm-hmm. And then her girlfriend, Megan Rapinoe, like they're they're competing <laughs> about who is the bigger U.S. champion. Do you think that Sue Bird tries to wear all the rings at one time <laughs> just to show off? And then Rapinoe puts on all the medals yeah. and holds up the velour. And yes. then says, oh, who's winning? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Let's go hang out. Do you, do you think they both put on all of their, their oh, awards? Yeah. Because, I mean, Sue Bird's got medals, too. Yeah. And then they stand on the... She goes against her gold medal. I got them. Yeah. I got them And also. then they stand on the scale at home. And then Sue's like, I got four pounds of championships. <laughs> and then Megan's like, I only got 2.7 pounds of championships. And then she takes that, that the trophy for the best soccer player in the world. That's a big trophy. And then she puts that on there by itself. And she's like, all right, remember? You see this? <laughs> all right, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, shout out to the Storms, Super, Brian Stewart. They're going to keep winning championships. They're good, man. I think Super is going to be able to play for another couple of years. I mean, she's she turns 40 this year. Does she really? I didn't mm-hmm. realize she was that old. I just remember her winning championships pretty much all of my adult life. Yeah. It turns 40 uh, later on this year. And she's going to, I think she could be able to play longer than like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah. To like 43, 44. 
Does she have uh, SB12 or whatever her number is? <laughs> I think so. Super 2 or whatever. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, let's switch gears. I think it's time to talk about some more non sport things, but still competition related. All right. Where you want to go? We're going to the VP debate. Oh, to be a fly on the wall at that debate. <laughs> or a fly in the hair, I should say. I mean, best seat in the house. Hey, so this week, uh, Kimla Harris and Senator Harris and Vice President Pence had a VP debate. And it was fun. It was refreshing to get back to a traditional political atmosphere for once. Yeah. After the last, well, the last debate was just, for lack of a better term, shit show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was bad. And it was just a lot of yelling at each other. Yeah. But this one, uh, Susan Page did her best job she could to try to keep decorum. Mm-hmm. Didn't do great. So Pimps the, constantly went over on his time. So you say that, but they actually came within three seconds of each other on total talking time. Interesting. Yeah. It, and watching it live, it felt like Pence was going over a lot more. Mm-hmm. But he didn't interrupt as often as Trump did to Biden. Right. And when uh, Senator Harris said, I want like it's my time to speak. I want to finish my thought. Mm-hmm. She was allowed to do so. And that's where I think she made up some of the time because they were very close on time. The biggest problem I had with this debate is neither of them really answered the question. A lot of times when a question was posed to them, they'd be like, hold on, I want to go back and talk about the last point, even though they've moved on. And unfortunately, they never use that time to wrap it into the next point and answer the question. Right. So there, that's where I thought the moderator failed, is she didn't press them on actually answering the question in their rebuttal times. True. And there's a lot, well, my favorite part about the debate was Pence answering the question she asked previously. Yeah. On his current question, and you're like, well, let me let me go back. She's like, we can't go back. We're we're here now. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, but I need to talk about the thing that we just talked about because I wasn't done talking about the thing that we just talked about. Yeah, he's like Doc Brown. Every time a question was asked, we gotta go back. <laughs> Unfortunately, Marty wasn't there, but he he spent a lot of time in the past. He did, and he he kept bringing up records and stuff. Let's do what we did with the last debate, CJ. All right, let's score this one because I want to know who won. Okay. So we have the same rubric that we had last time. We have the criteria of the organization of clarity, the use of arguments, mm-hmm. use of examples and facts, use of rebuttal, and presentation style. And we're going to rank it from one to four, with one being the lowest, four being the highest in terms of where they were at on this. Okay. With Senator Harris Day starting on the left, let's start from the left to right. For organization and clarity, do you have Senator Harris as a one, unclear in most parts, two, clear in some parts, but not overall, three, mostly clear and orderly in all parts, or four, completely clear and orderly presentation? I think she's a three. I think that she was very organized. She was very prepared. And you saw it a lot of the times when she got to answer the question first. Mm-hmm. She was very much on the offensive mm-hmm. and was taking down the Trump campaign bit by bit. Like, Although she was debating against Pence, mm-hmm. she was debating against the ticket's track record 
You've right. already been there for four years. All of her talking points were aimed directly at not only Pence, but also Trump. Mm-hmm. I think when she was responding, she was very organized in the sense that she didn't let Pence talk over her, including the Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Right. Oh, I thought she was about to whip his ass. <laughs> that was great. But she was very clear. She spoke well. Yeah. She was ready to go. So I'd give her a three. I think she could have been a little bit better, but not by much. I would also give her a three. She hit the points, like you said. The thing that was the the most telling to me was that in all of the questions, she answered the question that at least the moderator asked. Yes. Not necessarily all the questions that Pence asked her, mm-hmm. but she answered all the questions the moderator asked when they were asked to her. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I have her at a three. For Pence, I also give him a three. I was going to give him a three as well. I think they were both very good at they came prepared to debate in a way that we didn't see in the presidential debate. Correct. We're going to get into this more as we go down the rubric. But the biggest reason why Pence was never going to get a four is unfortunately a lot of his responses, although they were orderly, it was like he was polishing a turd. Right. He's doing the best he can with the information that he has, which is not great. Yeah. And all of now, one thing people felt like was that all of the questions were targeting the Trump administration. What people were not realizing is that they're the ones in charge right now. So everything that Biden and Harris are talking about are ideals. With Pence and Trump, we're talking about actualities. These are things that have already happened. And so he needs to respond for the things that are in effect, such as the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. such as racial discrimination. These things are already happening. And so what have you already done and then how have you responded? Whereas Biden and Harris could talk about what they think they'll do because they are not actually in office. Yeah. And she did a really good job of consistently going after his track record, such as like when the debate started and they started talking about coronavirus, she immediately pointed out that the Trump campaign, like Pence is in charge of the coronavirus task force. Yeah. How can you defend the track record when you have all of these Americans dying? Right. He's like, it would have been more. And you saw what happened with Biden. It's like, that's deflecting. Answer the question. How could it be this way if you're actually in charge? You're actually there Mm -hmm. doing this. And that's why, like, as we go down the rubric number two, use of arguments. Okay. So use of arguments, starting with Pence. There one was few or no relevant reasons given. Mm-hmm. Two, some relevant reasons given. Three, many re- reasons given, barely relevant. And four, most relevant reasons given in any support. So I'm struggling with Pence because I don't know if I want to give him a one or two because he did give some relevant reasons, but a lot of it was gaslighting. So I'm debating whether it's between few or some. I'm going to give him a two. And that I think that's where I'm leading because to. Though a lot of them were, like you said, gaslighting and leading and not necessarily true, they were reasons. He was giving them. Yes. He didn't beat around Bush, if you will. He gave at least reasons on why things were the way they were, mm-hmm. even if they were true or not true. And if you're not fact checking, 
you're just listening. I mean, you need to be compelling. And they were yes. compelling arguments. He didn't have a lot of reasons, but he had some for the things that were being asked of him. So that's why I give him two. Like, at least the reasoning that he gave, there were, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm giving him a two because he was coherent. Yeah, like, I mean, the reason he gave was coherent. And after last week's debacle, coming across coherent is a huge win. Mm-hmm. I mean, comparatively, that's kind of like what we're looking for, right? Yeah. For Senator Harris, I'm going to give her a three. I was also going to give her a three. Because she had answers for all the things and she had rebuttals. Yes. And her reasoning was there for most of the things asked of her. Even going back when he was like asking about her record and the reason she did certain things while she was attorney general, she was able to give her reasonings for even those things. Yes. And so that's why I'm going to give her a three. So currently we have Harris with six points and Pence with five. So Mm -hmm. she's in the lead so far through two points. Yes. Next, we're going to go to use of examples and facts. We have a one for few or no relevant supporting examples or facts. Two is some relevant examples and facts. Three is many examples and facts given, fairly relevant. Four is most relevant supporting examples and facts given. We're going to start with Senator Harris. I'm going to give her a three. Because I feel like she had many examples, including that Lincoln that Lincoln one, mm-hmm. which was strong and she was ready to go. You know what? As I think about it, I'm actually going to give her a four. I was going to give her a four. Because she she came prepared, like like with the Lincoln response, like when she talked about her own track record as attorney general, Mm -hmm. how she kept hammering him with the fact that he never was a person that worked with the police or whatever. So that way, he she wasn't going to sit here and listen to him speak about it. And she gave examples of what she had done. I'm going to have to give her a four. So I was going to give her a four as well because this is her wheelhouse. She's a prosecutor. Yeah. Like using examples and facts to make your argument and make your point. Like we knew she was going to kill it in this one. And like I said, when she was answering first, she was on the offensive. She had her facts. She was citing examples. She was ready to go. But even when Pence came after her, she had relevant data to back up any point that she came after him with. So he would say something, she would question it and she would cite examples, mm-hmm. which that's why to me it was a four for Pence. Like I said, it was a lot of it was gaslighting. Like he was coherent and he had presence on the stage. But unfortunately when we're getting to examples and facts, I got to give him a one. Like, a lot of the stuff that he said was very misleading. And it wasn't it, necessarily relevant. Right. And it was always going like he was constantly pulling the hey, look over here mm-hmm. rather than answering the question that was given. Right. And so he wasn't giving examples and facts that correlated to the things that were being asked at the time. Exactly. I think I have to agree with you. I'm going to give him a one as well. Currently, Senator Harris is sitting at 10. Vice President Pence is sitting at a six. Mm -hmm. We'll see if he can make up the time. Here at 
use of rebuttal. We have one is not effective counter arguments made. Two is few effective counter arguments made. Three would be some effective counter arguments made. And four is many effective mm-hmm. counter arguments. I think we're going to start with Pence. I feel like on his use of rebuttal, I'm going to give him a four. Because though I didn't love the things he was saying, he was able last week I talked a lot about parrying and counterpunching. Mm-hmm. He was able to parry and counterpunch very well comparatively. So I was thinking I was going to give him a three. And the reason why I'm going to give him a three is although he did come back with a lot of counter arguments, going back to the fact that they weren't truthful makes them less effective. And because they're less effective, I can't give them a four. Here's the thing about the effectiveness, right? Is that though you know they were not necessarily truthful, there's no fact checkers there. So they were all relevant to the topic at hand and they all sounded good. Right. And that's why I have them at a four. Because they all sounded good and he had many of them. Because that's what the argument was between many and some between three and a four. Yeah, he... I guess you can give him a four because although they were not necessarily truthful, he had conviction in his beliefs, mm-hmm. which would make it more effective. Because mm-hmm. it sounded good. Yes. All of it sounded good. Senator Harris, I would give her a three. See, I'd give her a three, too. And the reason why I would give her a three is although she was counter-arguing, a lot of times she discarded what he said to take the time to talk to the American people, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Right. But it does. It just doesn't work well in this part of the scoring. That's all exactly. it is. It, it was a very effective in the court of it, public opinion. And on, on the presentation we're going to get to next, it's very effective there, but it doesn't help with the rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that if we talked about a minute ago, we're talking about the Trump administration that's currently in office. So he's more prepared to defend Yes. To parry counterpunch. He's not on the offensive. Senator Harris is on the offensive and coming for him. So that's why he was better at the rebuttals because he was able to bring facts that were not being talked about to to light to try to uh, counterattack. Right. So that's why I have Senator Harris at a three and that's what we're going to go with. And then we have Vice President Pence at four. Lastly, representation style. Mm hmm. We're going to start with Senator Harris. I'm giving her a four because I like the sass. I really liked the sass as well. I think that she was very effective in talking to the audience Mm -hmm. and trying to pull them to her side. I think the most striking thing is if you're watching the cameras and the, the debate was on mute, she was smiling. Yeah. She smiled. She was engaging. Pence. Looked like he was angry to be there. Like someone had taken his ice cream before he came out. <laughs> like it being warm and receptive is a huge thing in televised debates. Yes. It's why going back to JFK versus Nixon, they said, if you watch the debate on TV, people thought that JFK won. If you listen to it on the radio, people thought Nixon won because he was better at the speaking part, but he was not warm. He was not for lack of a better term, presidential. Right. And that's what we saw here is Harris was presidential in a way that Pence was not. Not that Pence was bad. Yeah. But Pence was presidential compared to the president. Well, I mean, I I don't have a toddler, but if I had one, a toddler could be more 
presidential than the president. Probably, yeah. But he was not as presidential, comparatively speaking. Right. For Pence, though, what do you rate him then on presentation style? I think he's a three. I think he was very effective. I apologize. I did not go through the the scoring. So presentation style is few style features were used, not convincingly. Two was few style features were used, but they were used convincingly. Three was all style features were used most convincingly. And the fourth one is all style features were used convincingly. And the style features are like tone of voice, use of gestures, level of enthusiasm, all those kind of things. So that's why I would say that he was a three. Because like watching it, if you had it muted, she was warmer. She was more expression. Like she showed more expressions. Like she was a believable person. But he wasn't bad. Right. He was just more stoic. He was more stoic, but she would also, she was giving him some side eyes. She was using her facial expressions to Mm -hmm. let it be known how she felt about the things that he was saying to her. Right. Um, He did a lot of the not true, not true face, Mm -hmm. which is, which is not a, not a face that I necessarily need to see or want to see. Yeah. I mean, she did it too, but the way she did it, it was full of sass, as you said. Right. So with that being the case, I have Senator Harris. She has eight, nine, ten, eleven, seventeen points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vice President Vice President Pence has thirteen. So I think Senator Harris wants this one. Oh yeah, I think it was a clear victory. And unfortunately, with these debates, when you're the side that's you know polling in the negative. You have to win these debates. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to win this debate. She just didn't have to lose the debate. Right. I think she pretty clearly won the debate. Pence had to win this debate, and I don't think he got it done. Like I didn't even think, unlike last week where nobody won, I think she won this one. Yeah, and I think it was pretty convincingly mm-hmm. as we go through the thing because of all of the the presentation, her rebuttals, the way she was able to counter. I, I felt like that's the situation as well and like you said she didn't have to win it but i think it definitely helps yes at the end of the day i think a lot of people's minds are made up and they're trying to, they're going to choose who they're going to choose because that's just kind of how this country works i mean voting is already open in several parts of the country yeah which with trump testing positive for covid and no one knowing if he's tested negative the debate next week looks like as of this time it's off yeah but it may be done in a virtual format. No. So as of this morning, time of recording, President Trump said that he's not doing a virtual debate at all. And that he's going to be doing a town uh, rally. He said he was going to do a rally and, and Biden said he was going to do a town hall on ABC. Mm-hmm. But Trump has flip flopped so much this week that who knows what's really going to happen. Right. So we'll, we'll just be on the lookout for that. And if there is a debate, we will be scoring it next week. Yep. We will be scoring it. Let's switch gears and let's talk about a little reality. Let's talk about Big Brother. Okay. Tyler went home last night. Which was altogether not surprising once Cody won the HOH. Yeah. This week, I think Christmas is in trouble. I think Memphis is in trouble. Um, I think Tyler, I think Nicole and Cody are sitting pretty unless Memphis wins the the H-O-H? I think once again. Christmas. Well, I think once again, Enzo is in the best position to be in. 
Because I don't, I don't know that Enzo wins though. Tyler was telling Enzo all week that he's not going to win if okay. he's sitting next to Cody. I don't think he's going to win if he's sitting next to Cody, and I don't think he's going to win if he's sitting next to Memphis, but I do think he can win sitting next to Nicole or sitting or next to Christmas mm-hmm. because he can say that he was in the room where it happened yeah. and they were not. True. Um, And Nicole hasn't won a damn thing. Right. So unless Nicole wins, so we're at five now. Nicole has to win HOH, POV, HOH to maybe have an argument. So what's tough is that when we started this conversation about Big Brother, I thought Christmas was in one of the better positions to win. But as it's now come down the stretch and her attitude has come out, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I think Christmas is now drawn dead. Yes. I think she's drawn dead. I think Cody is in the best, most advantageous spot. I think Memphis is now at number two and Enzo's at three now. I think so, too. So I think the one thing you can say about Enzo over Memphis is that Memphis, although Memphis has won a lot of competitions, what was his signature move in the game? Memphis? Yeah. So Memphis's signature move was getting out who you wanted without talking to anyone. So he he's, he won three HOHs, spoke to no one about what he was doing, and made all the decisions on his own. He made the wise guys who are in the final five. Yeah, four, four of the four final of five. Yeah. So... That's Memphis's signature move. But like the every He also made the committee. So yes, but every time he's gone to win, or every time he won HOH, his argument was we need to get rid of David. That's my power move for the week. And each time the house said, No, that's stupid. So the first time you put David up, yeah. He was cool with David or Nicole going. He was cool with it, and Nicole went. Mm-hmm. The, second the second time he was gonna backdoor David. That was the plan. And then he made his godfather move. Yeah. And so the rest of the team were like, nah, we're not doing that. The third time, though, David went home. True. But, like, if you're going to war with this rookie who can't win anything, like, why? You've shown that you can beat him at any time. So why are you so, like, dead set on getting him out? Oh, because I decided he's a rookie and doesn't belong here. It doesn't matter my reason. Like, it doesn't matter my reason. That was my goal. And I got it done. See, I don't think that's a strong narrative, but I don't like other than Cody, who has actively been running this game. I don't think that many of them have a strong narrative. Right. My, my narrative is stronger than Christmas's. Well, Mine it is, is strong. stronger than Nicole's and Enzo's. And the only person I lose to is Cody because Cody beats everyone. But unfortunately, no one's made a big move this season. Like there wasn't any backdooring. There wasn't any like switching sides, flipping. It was very much Cut the strongest drunk. people paired the strongest people made an alliance day one and then they ran the house outside of enzo's hoh the committee has won every hoh yeah and enzo was committee by proxy right so outside of but let's say not even by proxy outside of him we have had i think eight weeks of the game nine weeks of the game so far we started with 16 people yeah and we have five left and there was a, a triple, triple eviction yeah so nine weeks of the game mm-hmm and everyone except for one was won by a committee member. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with Big Brother, with Big Brother 20, 10 different people won HOH and not all of them were in level six. Yeah. So that's that, that's, that's kind of like what you're sitting at when you're looking and you're looking at it. So no one needed to make any big moves because they were always in control. Yeah. No one needed to flip anything because if you stayed the course. You continued to win. And that's where we're at now with everyone except for Enzo 
left that were in the committee. So you think it's Cody, Memphis, Enzo, Nicole Christmas? Mm-hmm. In terms of win equity, yeah. I, Although Christmas, Christmas has only won one veto in one HOH, and the HOH she won, she won because Davon got the question wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's still more than Nicole, mm-hmm. which is why I think Christmas has a better argument, but I will also say Christmas has pissed off more people in the house, Mm -hmm. which is why I think Nicole can win because last week or last night was the first time they showed the jury and it looks like it's going to be a bitter jury. I don't know that they're bitter. I think they're very upset about what happened. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately they're going to pick the best player to to win Mm -hmm. because, uh, but I think they're very hurt by certain people. Christmas has hurt a lot of people in that jury house. I think Christmas has hurt a lot of people. Nicole's hurt a lot of people in the jury. And house. Nicole has hurt a lot of people. But I think Nicole has hurt less people. You'll consider Nicole's gameplay not personal comparatively to, to Christmas's. Christmas, yeah. Which is why they will vote for Nicole over Christmas, which is why she ranks higher. I Ian said he respected Nicole's game move, even though he didn't like it. Right. Uh, Davon, it appears Nicole is dead to her as Correct. a person. But other than that, I think Nicole's in play to get everyone else's votes. Maybe not Danny. Against Christmas. Against Christmas. No, she's definitely getting Danny's vote. That's her best friend. I don't the way Danny was talking about her. She, they were on the block together. Nicole didn't send her out. That's true. There's, she had nothing to do with it. She yeah. might have known about it, but she had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it just it felt like Danny didn't respect Nicole's game in that two segments we saw of the jury. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Cole hasn't done a whole lot. But she'll respect it more than Christmases. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, based on that that breakdown, I think Enzo beats Nicole. Mm-hmm. I think Enzo beats Christmas. I think all three guys beat both girls. Right. So, I think Memphis beats Enzo, though. Enzo has more friends. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at gameplay, you're going to give it to Memphis because he's already did all, all the things he wanted to do. He didn't ask anybody. He didn't have Cody telling him what to do. Yeah. Enzo had Cody telling him what to do on the one HOA she had. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Otherwise, if he did what he wanted at the time, he would have sent Danny home. Yeah. But he didn't. So when you look at gameplay, that's kind of how it comes down. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's Cody's game to lose. Yep. And as long as Enzo or Nicole wins this one, Cody is sitting pretty. Yeah, I agree. So we'll find out next week. Rip to my guy, Tyler, man. He played such a good game. He Uh, did. But at the end of the day, like. He was just too much of a threat. And it makes sense. That's why you had to get him out. Mm-hmm. CJ, you know what's coming up on Tuesday? The most dramatic season of The Bachelorette yet? Yes. Oh, it yes. Is. Let's do a real quick, long preview of The Bachelorette. Let's go through these guys. Claire is The Bachelorette this season. Claire Crowley, she was originally on Juan, Juan Pablo's, Pablo's season. season. Mm-hmm. She was, did she leave him? I don't remember. She made it to the final three, I believe. And he whispered some unmentionables in her ear about yes. what he liked to do to her. She got very upset about it. And then he cut her because Juan Pablo is the worst bachelor ever. And that includes some of some really terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. But Juan Pablo is considered the worst bachelor ever. And they like to pretend like his season didn't happen. Yep. Because it was terrible. And then what he did to Nikki was also terrible. Yep. We're not getting into that. Nope. But Claire was on that season. Her and Juan Pablo may have had a coitus in the ocean. Claire has been on things like Winter Games. Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor Pad. 
Claire's been around for a while. Yep. And she's ready to find love and lock it down. Claire loves love. So they have her back for this season to talk, to to try to find love again. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the guys on this season. We're going to go alphabetically. If you want to pull up the ABC.com bachelorette thing to see the guys, we're going to talk about these guys. We're going to go through them. We might run a little long, but it's going to be worth it. Yep. CJ, what are your first thoughts on the first guy on this list, AJ? I think he has crazy eyes. <laughs> I mean, he's just got this grin, but he's got a uh, like 10,000 mile stare. Or I feel like he's staring into my soul. And honestly, Claire's kind of crazy, too. So AJ is 28. the software salesman from Playa del Rey, mm-hmm. California. He's wearing like a like a tan shirt mm-hmm. in the picture. His left eye feels like it's a little bit bigger than his right eye. He, he could probably use some concealer. <laughs> I'm wondering if he got in a fight before he got there. Like he covered it up, but like he's he got beat up. I don't know. Those crazy eyes, they're, they're talking to me and they're not saying anything good. In, in his bio, it says AJ certainly does not steer toward younger women. Is very excited to pursue a woman like Claire. I think he just likes older ladies. I, do you think he's a cougar hunter? I think he's a cougar hunter. That he's makes to, sense. He's going to try to mount Claire on his mantle. <laughs> try to take her down. <laughs> AJ, we're, we're watching you. 28, software salesman. Next, we have Ben. He's a 29-year-old Army Ranger veteran from Venice, California. Ben, ben is wearing like a white dude wearing like a nice blue and blue blue shirt with some white dots he's a nice nice enough looking guy he seems like the kind of guy that'll pull over and help you change your tire all all just like an all-american dude yes all-american american yeah he looks boring next <laughs> next we have oh one. one last thing about ben we've had way too many bachelor bens there's well, no way this guy can win well we're on to another ben we have ben nint 36-year-old wealth management consultant from New York City. I'm glad that they have a few age-appropriate men on this season. Claire is 38, I believe. Yes. So the fact that they got dudes that are not too many dudes that are like 23. I don't know if any 23-year-olds are here. I'm, I'm here for this. I like this. But like, unfortunately, who am I going to follow on Instagram after this? <laughs> There's no eight. I mean, I'm not going to follow any of them because it's a bunch of dudes. I'm here for the girls who are there to be influencers. Oh, we will be talking about The Bachelor in depth in the future. But right now, doing Bachelor, yeah, I'm not following any of these dudes. None of them. I'm not nope. going to follow any of them. But Bennett is a wealth management consultant. That's like a real job. So we're looking at Bennett's picture, and he's got on this like kind of see through light blue shirt. Do you think that it was a strategic decision to have the chest hair poking out to show more manliness? Yes. I think he probably, because like, if you see there's like a curl, yes. he fluffed it up. He, <laughs> he tufted it up so that way you can see the little curl. So that way you know he has that chest hair to see the rugged man. He has a nice smile. He does have a nice smile. And he does look, he's got a little older look to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little McDreamy potential. For the Grays fans? Yeah, I, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. That's Bennett. He's all right. Next up, we have one of two Blakes. 
And not only are there two Blakes, they're both Blake M. Blake M.O. Blake Monar. And the other one's Blake Moines. So Blake number one. Blake Monar is 31. His job title is a male grooming specialist from Phoenix, Arizona. So what is a male grooming specialist? I'm not really sure. Does he, is he like a barber? So like, I thought he was one of the fab five. Because <laughs> that's what I would assume all five of them list their job as. Right. Or at least three of them. A couple of them do interior design and whatnot, construction. But I, he's got to be one of them. That, I, that makes sense. I can see that. Not when you look at him, though. Like, okay, so so Ben has like, so Ben Blake Blake has some bent. So Blake, that's what I said. Blake Monar, he is a dude that has like arm. He has he's got full sleeves. sleeves. He has sleeves. Yeah, he has a black shirt on in the picture. He is okay. That smiles. Whatever. His hair though is like uh, like a when you see like a flamingo, and like the <laughs> hair like goes up. That's what Blake Monar's hair looks like. There's Blake, a lot of it. Also, we can't see it here. That shirt, I'm pretty sure, is covering the first six pack of the season. Yeah. You can't wait to bust it out. Yes. He might I, do it on the first night. Do you think he will spend more time than J.R. Smith without a shirt on the season? <laughs> I think J.R. is going to beat him when the Lakers close it out tonight. I think J.R. is going to not wear a shirt until the start of the next season, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the only way he's going to beat him. But be looking for Blake to try to give him a run for his money. I just feel like there's going to be in one of the uh, outtakes, Blake, why are you doing that without a shirt on? I mean, I don't know if it's going to be washing dishes. I don't know if he's going to be sunbathing. I don't know if he's <laughs> just going to be doing random cartwheels, but he probably won't have a shirt on. I don't think Blake, I don't think Blake Monar will be wearing a shirt most of the time. Let's go on to Blake Moynez. Blake Moynez, he, he's a 29-year-old wildlife manager from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Ooh, he's a Canadian. We now, have, now, Claire, I believe, was with a Canadian dude on Winter Games. And we know how that worked out for so her. So I think she does like them Canadian men. Yes, but they don't last long-term, apparently, because she's here to be the Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like Blake's I don't like Blake's face. <laughs> it's funny because as you say that, I'm looking at that beard and I'm like, man, that beard is really helping him out. That it's, beard is a crutch. It's a crutch. Like it makes his face look even more evil than his like face already is. He has once again a, another guy with the left eye that's like kind of wide compared to the right eye. He he has I like his haircut. He's got a little bit of the people's eyebrow going on in his photo. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Like, just like a, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I see hey, you, girl. Hey, girl. What's yeah. up? And, and he's wearing like a, what, what color shirt is that? Gray? Eh, green. We need a girl on this for us because we're working out of the 16 crayon Crayola box. Yeah. We need somebody with the 64, maybe even a 256. Next time when we do, when we do the Bachelorette preview, the Bachelor preview, we'll probably get a guest in here so that way we can really really go over these pictures yeah we really need somebody to help with the colors but he's wearing a nice it's a nice shirt he's a nice enough looking guy uh he being canada i'm gonna assume that like in his free times he enjoys being a lumberjack or going to play hockey 
or some other Canadian thing. <laughs> um, also, he will probably be the most polite guy in the house. Well, Blake, he, he is definitely going to be the most polite guy. Blake is trying to get wiped up, though. He said all of his friends are wiped up. So he's just trying to get a wife, too. I don't think he's a dude for, for Claire. I don't think he is either. He's not here for the right reasons. Well, I mean, he could be there to get wifed up. But by getting wifed up, he might be trying to be a future bachelor. Let me tell you who is not here for the right reasons right now. Brandon from oh, yeah. Cleveland, Ohio. Brandon is the next dude on this list. He's 28 years old. He's a real estate agent from Cleveland, Ohio. His photo looks like he got it for his J. Crew ad. He's leaning to the side. He had his hand in his pocket. He he's, his, he's hitting you with blue steel right now. Yeah. This dude is only here for the Instagram. Yep. He only he's not here for Claire at all. He he's a male model. He hates Debbie Downers. And he's only here for people with good vibes. This dude, he's a bro. This is a bro. And he's not here for Claire at all. Yeah, I can't wait for someone to punch him in the face and get sent home week two. Yeah, this I, I can't wait till he's on. I'm I'm excited for him though to be on bachelor in paradise mm-hmm. that's, i mean that's what he's here for yes. he's not here for claire at all <sighs> another guy that will be spending a lot of time shirtless i was gonna say this dude's gonna give give blake a run for his money on who's not gonna wear a shirt yes blake one not to be confused with blake two right so that was brandon we also have a brendan here who's 30 he's a commercial roofer from milford massachusetts now, this dude's wearing a suit. I like this dude. This is a white dude. Nice facial hair. Very stoic. He looks like he is a real real estate agent, for real. Uh, it actually says he's a commercial roofer. I know, but he looks like he would be a real estate agent. You know what I'm going to say about this dude? I can get lost in his eyes. <laughs> he's got beautiful eyes. They're so blue and dreamy. They're like, and he's like staring right at you. Yes, into my soul. It's an interesting look. I like it. He... His friends call him B Money. I'm gonna call him B Money. I'm he is money. The curly hair, it's it makes him a little bit less like male modelish. He's a little bit more guy next door. He's wearing a blue suit with a white shirt, brown belt. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a very normal looking dude, and I like it. Yeah. I'm gonna be watching out for Brendan. <laughs> CJ, who do we have up next? This is <laughs> <laughs> we have Chasen. Chasen. Not to be confused with Jason with the J. This is Chasen with the CH, as in don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Age 31, IT account executive from San Diego. And let me tell you, when you look at his picture, he looks like a bro from San Diego. <laughs> he's, he's a bro. He's wearing, he looks like a normal bro dude. Mm-hmm. He has a muscle, because of muscle definition. You know that because while we just had Brendan. Wearing a suit, he's wearing a yellow t-shirt. Like Luke Cage, just a regular yellow t-shirt. With the pocket square. With the pocket square. Shout out to my friends who like pocket squares. This dude has one on his t-shirt. So you know when I decided I didn't like this guy? When? When I saw his name was Chasen. But <laughs> can I tell you the second time I realized I really didn't like this guy? What? His nickname is Wolverine because he recovers and heals quickly. Jeez. Also, he loves women who take pride in staying fit. Uh, so he recovers and heals quickly and wants fit women because he wants to continually have sex. <laughs> this guy might be the most here to get it in. Yeah, he he can't wait to Bachelor in Paradise as well. 
Because then that's when you can try to get it in with all the ladies on the beach. Yes. I'm not here for Jason's uh, one of the ones I'm not here for him and Brandon. They can both go. They can. They will probably be best friends in the house. I will probably refer to them as the bro brigade. The bro brigade. Next up, we have Chris. All right. So Chris cr- is a 27 year old landscape design salesman from Salt Lake City, Utah. He looks very much guy next door. Yeah, like a regular looking dude. Yeah, like he's definitely there for the right reasons being from Salt Lake City, Utah. He is, you know, what is the male equivalent of an old maid? Because being 27 and single in Utah, it's got to be difficult. Mm -hmm. I like the fact I like the fact that he's he's he has his photo to the side. He's wearing a like a pink polo, like a muted pink polo. Just has like a nice smile, turn to left to the left side, looking right at the camera. I, I like everything about this dude. He seems like a nice enough guy. He says that his goal in life is to travel to 200 countries. And he's so, been to 20. He said he still has 180 to go. So he's 10% done. Yeah. I like aspirations. <laughs> you know what else? I'm, I not, mean, I'm happy with this dude. This guy is uh, aiming for the moon so that he can land amongst the stars. Yeah. Hey, you got to shoot high. You got to shoot, shoot high. high. Next up, we have Dale. Dale's a 31-year-old oh, athlete, former pro football wide receiver. What team did Dale play for? Just guess. I don't even know. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, Toronto Argonauts. Okay, because that is pro football. That is pro football. I just. So he's from Brandon, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. I just looking at him, I would not guess pro athlete. And the reason why I'm a guess not pro athlete that you wouldn't guess pro athlete. I would. Uh, yeah, I would not guess pro athlete. He's a little too pretty, like male model pretty. Well, he was a wide receiver. That's true. He didn't really get. You know what? He was probably a deep threat. He didn't go over the middle and get hit. That's how you stay pretty. And <laughs> he went to South Dakota State University. He he was undrafted, but played for the Packers. Really. Back in Did 2012. He actually play or practice was, squad, practice squad, practice squad. Okay, so he's like uh what's his name that was the bachelor? Uh the dude that had the Colton. Yes, Virgin Colton. Yeah, sure North against him from his current his ex-girlfriend. Cassie. Yeah. He, I I like Dale. He's a former so he he was on the Packers practice squad, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and the Panthers practice squad. So he was around for a while. Yeah, he bounced around. There's something about him people liked, so that's good. He played arena fall ball for the Los Angeles Kiss, and then he got another trial with the Chicago Bears. So that that's something. Yeah, that's something. He has one touchdown in his arena career, but you know, he tried. He tried. I, I like I like Dale here, man. Do you think? I think that Dale will definitely win. The first group athletic competition. <laughs> and I don't think it'll be close. I don't think so either. I don't think it'll be close either because he's probably so far. He's the most athletic looking guy. He's six, three, according to his Wikipedia page for his uh, his football career. He's six, mm-hmm. three, 215 pounds. I, I definitely could see him just being a beast because, you know, they're probably do some football thing. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. So he'll definitely be a beast in that. I, I like Dale's chances at winning that. But I don't know if he's going to win her heart. I don't know if he's going to win her heart. But I, he has a nice smile, though. 
I mean, he's looking to score a touchdown. Now, now he's the first black guy we've come across, or at least ethnically ambiguous. I think that he's mixed. Yep. Um, but black would be my first guess. Uh, that would be mine as well. He's he's oh, he loves Oprah, who's an ambassador to Special Olympics. I think he is black. Oh wow. All right. I I can I can get with that. Next up though, we have definitely a black dude, Damar. Damar's 26 spin cycling instructor from Scottsdale, Arizona. Damar, I being a cycling, a spin cycling instructor in Scottsdale, Arizona, he is definitely a cougar hunter. <laughs> he is. I mean, I've been to Scottsdale many times. They have some very attractive women. I'm sure he is picking up. He's 26, so, though. That is not age appropriate for Claire. No, it's not. But like being from Scottsdale, going back to being a cougar hunter, we live in Vegas. We've both been to Scottsdale together. Scottsdale has been. I have seen some of the hardiest partying in my life in Scottsdale. I'm talking about the brunch girls out at 2 p.m. falling down drunk, throwing up in the taco boxes. Yep. Because they're there to rage. Mm -hmm. That is what Damar is here for. Well, no, Damar's even more here for it because his dream job is to be the DJ on the Las Vegas Strip. Damar <laughs> is here to party. He's here to party. He's not here for a long time, but he's here for a good time. You know what's funny is that as a spin cycling instructor, his mornings are early, but that leaves all night to party. Yeah. Because women got to get their spin in at like six. People got to get their spin in at six. Dudes mm -hmm. get spin too, but not so many. But, you know, got to get that spin class in at six, 536. And then. Do you think he goes out all night DJing, then goes and teaches the spin class, then sleeps during the then day? Then sleeps during the day. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Takes yeah. a shower from DJing, takes another, then goes sleep funky from spin, and then wakes up, gets it going. He's wearing a nice red shirt with some striped pants. Need a lady here to help explain yeah. those things. Or someone that's more fashion forward that I'm not. I had, I'm doing the best I can. I'm wearing I'm wearing a tank top. <laughs> CJ. Yes. Next up, we have a man. Named Easy. And it's spelled with a Z. E-A-Z-Y. Like E-Z-E. Hilarious. He's a 29-year-old sports marketing agent from Newport Beach, California. Hey, I'm here for that. I like that job. Do you think Easy is his real name? No. You think it's nickname? Yeah. Hmm. So Easy, he looks like he used to be an athlete. Yep. And when he couldn't get through, through no fault of his own, but when he couldn't become an athlete, he decided to represent them. Yeah, and that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm here for that. I, I like the transition because you probably already have the connections. Mm -hmm. He's a black dude wearing a brown shirt, mm -hmm. T-shirt. Decent smile. What he's else? Got, I will say he's got a great smile. I think other smiles have been better. I think other smiles have been better. His is fine. Unfortunately, like just looking at him and looking at his profile... There's not a whole lot that stands out other than his weird name. Yeah, other than easy. He's like kind of run the mill black dude. You know, so like every season, there's those people that make it to the final eight and you they don't get a single uh, interview. Like there's no camera time for them whatsoever. That's easy. Easy is lined up to be that dude. Yeah, I think he's going to make it to like the final eight, but we're not going to know his name. Right. So 
It was no, good. You're me- going to know his name as Easy. You're not going to know anything else about him. Yeah. So it was good meeting you, Easy. I will see you down the road. Yeah. Next up, we have Ed, 36 year old healthcare salesman from Miami. Okay. Ed is 36. Right there with Claire. I mean, I like it. I hear his name is Ed, and I think this dude should be in charge of the grill and his new balances <laughs> and his tube socks. I, I, I like it. I think that, I mean, Ed is not a great name, but Ed is the right age. He's from Miami. Mm-hmm. He does probably like to party a little bit. Ed, look at his picture. Ed's got some muscle. The, the jacket is not doing him any favors because it does look like he might be a little swole. Yeah. So Ed's wearing a T-shirt with a blue blazer over the top. They look like you can see the veins popping out of his like chest neck area. Oh, he's got pecs. Yeah. And the jacket is covering it up. I, I think Ed, I think Ed might make it a little far. Being age appropriate, I think will be a big thing this season mm-hmm. because I think there's a certain life experience that you come in with. And the fact that you're probably more serious about settling down. I think Ed has the potential to go far because I think Claire really is here for the right reasons. I think she's here to find love for real. I, I mean, I think she's been there to find love since the beginning. She's just had a lot of bad luck. Yeah. And so I think that Ed is someone that's going to make it further that she's going to want to get to know. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. I like that too. No, I really like, I don't think this is going to get far, but I like him a lot. Next up, it's Garin. G-A-R-I-N. He's a 34-year-old professor of journalism from North Hollywood, California. Do you think he teaches at UCLA? He probably does. I I think he's either at UCLA or he might be at Pepperdine. I, I can see that. He's a black dude wearing a professor's jacket, for lack of a better term. Yeah, like tweed type jacket, a polo, a red by burgundy polo, I should say. Yes. Jeans. Nice smile. Seems like he's he's he looks very awkward. Like he doesn't do this often. Yeah. But like endearing. But coming across that way, he's probably there for the right reasons. Yes. He's just outside of age appropriate range at 34. Mm-hmm. So like if we're gonna view it like, you know, how they do TV ratings, he's in that 21 to 34 male demographic, the target demo. He's almost there, but not quite. But being a professor. So he's a professor of journalism. In his free time, though, he likes to spend his time DJing. So he's oh. going to definitely talk I, I just, to, to DeMar. I, I take back everything I just no, said. No, no, no. He's going to talk to DeMar about DJing. But it's going to be like when I talk about like doing this podcast, when I talk to people that are actual professional editors, I'm like, so how do you how do you do this? And, I, and it's just asking the questions because I don't exactly know. He's probably not like a great DJ, but he'd be like, oh, so you're DJ, you want to be a DJ on the strip. So if I were to like change the beat, how would, how would it sound? <laughs> he wants to be cool, but yeah. he's like not cool. That's what I'm getting from so, Garen. So since him and Damar both want to be DJs, my question to you is who takes more shots by the end of the season? I think, I think the person who takes more shots is Damar. Because he'll be there longer? No, no. I think I think he will be there longer, but I think he's going to out-drink him because he's 26. Yes. What I will say is... I'm 31 and I get tired of drinking sometimes. <laughs> Garen's older than me. What I will say is uh, I don't think he has a... I don't think we have a chance of ever knowing who took more shots 
because Demar will never be on camera. No, probably not. Yep. Next up, we have Ivan, twenty-eight year old aeronautical engineer from Dallas, Texas. This has been a string of black guys. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. I'm actually really excited to see if one of them has a shot at winning. But it's a conscious effort by ABC to course correct. To course correct, exactly. Because of the last, let's see, we have one, two, three, four. Four of the last five prior to Ivan are black guys. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. Ivan is another one. Mm -hmm. Or did they just try to cast them alphabetically near each other? No, I think what happened legitimately was um, people like Rachel Lindsay, Mm -hmm. the only black bachelorette that has ever been in history. There's been no black male, no black bachelors until this upcoming season. Right. But before that, Rachel Lindsay made it clear that she was going to distance herself from the show. She made it clear that she was going to distance herself from the show if they didn't do a better job diversifying the hiring. Yes. And so once she said that, her being the only black bachelorette at the time, they knew that they had to do something so what they did was they pulled i believe his name is mike i think that's the next bachelor okay they pulled him from claire's cast because he was supposed to be on claire's cast really they pulled him from claire's cast they made him the bachelor about a week after rachel said that uh-huh. without him having to go on the bachelorette they pulled him made him the bachelor started that press going mm-hmm. and i think when they were doing all the coronavirus stuff because that's when all this happened Yes. They then made it a point to address the men they're bringing in because of this. So one of the things we haven't talked about, but Claire actually got two groups of guys. Mm-hmm. So when she got to meet her guys. Right after the finale of The Bachelor. Yes. She met a couple of them. They started filming days later, maybe a week later. And she got to meet a couple of the guys to begin with. Mm-hmm. None of them were age appropriate. Yes. They were the oldest guy at the time was 31. And she had 23 to 31 year olds. Claire was not happy. The public was not happy because Claire's 38. Yes. And they wanted older, more appropriate men for her. And if she wants to date a young guy, that's fine. That's not there's nothing wrong with that. But if the oldest guy's 31, 32, that's already six years younger than her. And she says she's ready to settle down and be with someone for real. Uh, it's rough. It's not really going to give her an option, right? So they went out and they re brought in more dudes. They because also, of COVID. Yeah, they also brought cut dudes because of COVID. Um, other guys were already jumping on Instagram, trying to get their fame, trying to get their five minutes. Mm-hmm. They got rid of some of those dudes. Mike was one of those dudes because Mike is actually friends with Tyler, who came in second on Hannah Brown season. Really? Okay. They're very good friends. So he had been in the conversation, which is how he was going to get on the show. Well, Rachel does the thing that she does, and she says she's going to distance herself. So they said she was going to distance herself. So Mm -hmm. they had to go and figure out how they were going to do this. And what they did was they brought in these extra guys, a lot of them age appropriate, and Claire got to see them and talk to them as well. So Claire had more guys than she has now. But I'm I'm excited for this season. So let's talk about Ivan. We are we short shifted Ivan here. Ivan, 28 year old aeronautical engineer from Dallas, Texas, black dude. Seems like a regular guy. I like him. 
So he seems like a regular guy. And part of the reason I, th- I think he seems like a regular guy, the shirt's kind of wrinkled, which <laughs> yes. makes him relatable. Yes. And he's wearing one of those shirts that has like the three buttons at the neck and long sleeves. Like a pajama shirt. Yeah. Sort of like a pajama shirt. He's wearing uh, some slacks. I like yeah. that. I like that look. He's just saying that, hey, I understand that I'm here to like figure this thing out. But at the same time, I don't really know what I'm doing. Also, in his uh, his profile, he is a recovered Crocs enthusiast. <laughs> I think I like this guy. He also said that intelligence is a huge aphrodisiac. He's a smart dude. He's an aeronautical engineer. I, I, I like this dude. I like him, too. I hope he goes far. I hope he goes far. I hope he lasts for a while. I like Ivan. Hashtag Team Ivan. Next up, we have Jason. So Jason is also a former pro football player. He's a lineman, though. He's 31. Arlington, Arlington, Virginia. Virginia. Uh, What are your thoughts on... on, Well, Ivan's a white dude. Uh, Jason's a a white dude. White t-shirt, blue shirt on top. He looks like a country boy. Mm Mm-hmm. What I will say, first takeaway, this guy does not look like a lineman. So good for him putting all that weight off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they do that all the time, though. Yeah. I think, well, I think part of it with being a lineman is you're forced to eat thousands of calories because of how much you work out. Mm-hmm. And when you retire, especially when you retire young, this guy's 31, he still probably works out close to that amount, but he's eating far less because he doesn't have to keep the weight on. Okay. So this guy probably lost easily 100 pounds, if not more, mm-hmm. um, which losing that much weight, probably not great for your shirtless game, <laughs> but it shows you got work ethic. Yeah. It shows that uh, you're smart because he was able to pivot and he is now an IT professional. I mean, he's... I think he has potential other than the fact that, again, not age appropriate. Right. I, I think Jason is the type of dude that would go far. I I think he would go far in like regular seasons, but he looks like just like a dad. Like he looks like a regular dude. Yeah. And if, if but that might be what Claire's looking for. True. And if this doesn't work out for him, I'm sure he'll be fine with the ladies after this. Yes. In, in Arlington. Mm-hmm. I think J- I think Jason's going to be fine. Next up, we have Jay, 29-year-old fitness director from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That screams wrong reasons to me. Can I just tell you? It looked like somebody used the uh, the face swaps they have on Snapchat and swapped his face with the babies. <laughs> it's like a baby face and head on an adult body. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Jay is wearing a gray t-shirt that's like a v-neck but not like a deep v no it's a shallow v he wants you to make sure you can see like the muscles on his shoulders yeah all two of them yeah, i can see the baby baby <laughs> on the adult body oh man i can see it i can see it i'm sorry i mean i'm sure he's a nice guy we'll see uh how long he lasts? Oh, I he said every song Drake puts out is a banger. Next. Next. Mm, Jay, forget this dude. They thought we have Jeremy. He's a 40-year-old banker from Washington, D.C. Age appropriate. So we talked about uh This is the oldest, this is probably the oldest dude that's ever been on a Bachelor franchise. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent He uh 
So he's a banker, which means he has a real job. He's from Washington, D.C. He uh, he says his love language is witty banter. Mm-hmm. He I, said he hates Instagram models, both male and female. Really? Is he going to get in fights? Oh, 100%. Is him and Chasing going to throw down? I don't think so. I, I'd love for them to, but I don't think so because he's too old for that. <laughs> Jeremy's not going to be a fan of Chasen, though. No, he's not. That Chasen is like the Instagram model in this cast so far. Yeah. It's, uh, I, <laughs> I just don't know what, what Jeremy's going to do here, man. He's going to be like, I'm, I'm a real, I'm an, I'm an adult. You're 14 years younger than me, Chasen. What, why are we even having a conversation? So, like, half the dudes are going to be there, like, playing beer pong, taking shots. This is a guy that's going to be sitting on the balcony drinking a nice glass of red wine, reading a book while chaos ensues. Jeremy's going to probably wake up at about 6 a.m. every day, watch the sunrise from his La Quinta Inn hotel room. And then do like 200 push-ups. He's got to stay fit. Yeah. Got to stay fit. <laughs> I definitely see Jeremy doing that. I think Jeremy's here for the right reasons. He's here I to th- find love. I think he's too. I hope Jeremy goes far. I don't think he will, but I think he, I hope he goes far. Yeah. Next up, we have Joe. He's an anesthesiologist from, he's 36, from New York City. This dude is a good-looking dude, man. So, Joe, 36, he already had COVID. Oh, shouts to this dude. Yeah. So, he uh, he already knows what he's fighting. He's in the medical field. Nobody leaves a job in the medical field during a pandemic, if they're not here for the right reasons, in my opinion. Let's go, Joe. Yes. 36 years old. He must, you know what? Joe probably saw Claire, was part of the second batch of dudes because he's 36, and was like, I didn't know it was going to be Claire. I want to meet Claire. Yeah, I want to shoot my shot. Man, Joe. Listen, Joe, it probably won't work out for you. <laughs> probably won't work, work out for you. You're wearing like a chain, you got like a pink shirt on that's like See, un- i didn't think that was a chain i thought that was like a puka shell necklace of some kind also lame also lame oh but <laughs> i like joe myself i think he's cool he's scrabble he says his favorite childhood game he's always been about being smart <laughs> joe's not gonna go far i mean he's an anesthesiologist you gotta be smart you don't want to kill people by putting them to sleep this is true Eh, shouts to Joe. This uh, I, I'm going to. Joe's not my winner pick, but we're going to be doing a Joe watch. I'm watching for Joe. Yes, I'm watching for Joe. Next up, we have Jordan C, 26 year old software account executive from New York City. So Jordan C looks like the uh, another male model type, but like the guy playing the nerd of the male model types. So I just went to Betches.com and. I'm going to read this to you because it's hilarious. Okay. It said, for Jordan C., I really respect Jordan C. walking out off the set of Hitch and right onto the Bachelorette <laughs> with his open shirt, open shirt, chain necklace, and thin frame glasses. Jordan dreams of owning a dog named Maverick, which is not really a difficult dream to achieve, even in New York City. Everyone I know has a dog. You can do it, man. <laughs> Jordan, pretty, Jordan C. is pretty generic. He's a software account executive, which uh, one of the things we haven't <laughs> talked about, how many of these guys actually have real jobs and how many of these are made up jobs? Okay, I can I can let, let's go back a couple. Right. OK, uh, Jason, pro 
former pro football lineman. Lives in his parents' basement. Real job. Doesn't do nothing now. Yeah. Jay, fitness director. Fake job. I mean, that's a real job, but fake job. Yeah. Jeremy, banker. For sure, real job. Yes. Joe, anesthesiologist. For real sure, job. real job. Especially Realist of jobs. Yeah. Realist of jobs. Jordan C., software account executive. Probably fake job. Probably. Fake job. He lives in New York. He lives in New York, so he mm-hmm. had to pay rent somehow. He probably does the way he's standing in this thing, I think he's done some modeling in his career. That's probably what he does really for real. When he's not, uh, you know, being an executive of software accounts. Yes, probably. <laughs> now, next we have Jordan M., who's a 30-year-old cybersecurity engineer from Santa Monica. Looking at this dude, that's a real job. I wouldn't guess that it's a real job, but looking at him, I think it is. Jordan M. is six foot eight. And you can't teach that. Wow. Wow. So, based on what we know about Claire, I think she's picking him because he's tall. <laughs> Possibly. But I, wow. Six eight. Did this dude play basketball? At some point in his life, I'm gonna say yes, because if you're over six six, someone tries to get you to play basketball. You can't teach height, man. You can't, can't teach height. This dude definitely played basketball somewhere. I don't know where. He says he likes to stay active and go hiking, which is whack. But <laughs> uh, that's what he likes to do. L- listen, Jordan's a black dude. Look, there's like that's, that's like seven black dudes. See, unfortunately, I'm looking at this guy and I'm looking at his profile, and he's another one that I think is just going to hang out in the background. That even if he gets past night one, he's not going to really get a camera. How time. is he going to hang out in the background being six eight? <laughs> well, how are you going to miss him? <laughs> You're going to see him every time. Exactly. <laughs> I'll also be on Jordan watch to see how often we see him. That's going to be. He will literally be the most visible person because there's nothing for him to hide behind. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> Especially not in this hotel they're filming in. Oh, Jordan. I don't think you go far, but Jordan M., I don't think you go far, but good luck to you. Yeah. I don't feel like you're Claire's type, but you're very tall. Other than that, I don't think you're Claire's type. I think he will be back for a paradise season, and one of the competitions would be who can climb him the fastest. <laughs> we'll see what the ladies go for. I'm looking at you, Jasmine, from a few seasons ago. <laughs> Next up, we have Kenny, 39-year-old boy band manager from Chicago, Illinois. So can you explain to me this boy band manager thing? Um, it says here that he manages cover bands. So like, I didn't even know like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys had cover bands. Yeah, which... That which would, would make sense though. Which would be age appropriate for us, but I've never seen one. And I've, we live in Vegas, land of the cover bands. Why haven't we seen one? I mean, I think that would make sense to so, do a boy band uh, like a pop band cover band so what you're telling me is fake job <laughs> no I, I think real job I think real job He's, I, at 39 I don't think he had you have fake job for people above 36 like you have to have you you never thought you were going to get on The Bachelor at right. this point so you had to have been doing something for real so boy band manager I think it's an odd way to say it he looks like a manager too. Little muscly, has a full arm sleeve, has some star tattoos, some chest tattoos that are hidden. White dude, decent smile. I don't know. The tattoos that he has now seem like tattoos he regrets from when his younger days. Yeah, but he has them and they're colored in, which is, I don't like colored tattoos. I think those are super weird. Well, you know, he's got a lot of stars. He looks like he's kind of got a snake under the shirt. So I'm looking for his shirtless potential just to show off the tats. Oh, Kenny said he hates cheese. Next. Bye. Next. All right. 
Mike, 38-year-old digital media advisor from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I, I think this dude's going to actually be the nicest guy in the house. Look yeah. at his face. He, oh, he said he, he loves skiing and ice hockey. He's extremely Canadian. <laughs> um, he loves Shania Twain. Do you think he rides a moose into the Bachelor Mansion or resort this year? Um, I He's probably a booty. He's a booty. He's a booty. I, I, I like this dude. I don't know that he goes far. He's not like... I think Claire's here to find love, but I think she like still has a certain type of like pretty boys. And this dude, is, Mike's not really a pretty boy. The beard definitely helps. He's a little bit baby faced too, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he, as a Canadian, he's gonna be a nice guy. He's gonna be a nice guy. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. I'm glad he's a booty. Um, Paige, dude, that's up next. Thirty-seven, chef, Austin, Texas. Do you think Chef he has Chef Page has his own restaurant? I I don't think he has his own restaurant, but I do think he's a head chef. Because looking at him, my biggest question is, what do you think he cooks? I think he's Tex Mex. Okay, I can see that. I he get, he gives me like baby Mike Vitaggio vibes. Yes, um, he's got he's got the tattoos on his arms. He's he, got the deep V. Yeah, he's got the deep V going. So you see the chest tattoo that he has going on there. He has an awkward face expression. So is that a shadow on his lip or just a creeper stash? It's a creeper stash. It's a creeper yeah, stash. it's definitely a creeper but stash. But when he's in the, the kitchen, it doesn't matter because he's making beautiful art with his food. Yeah, but it's still creepy. Yeah. Hey, like, Chef no, H. That, that stash says, hey, girl. Let me put this in your mouth. <laughs> and then he puts some then he takes a spoon out and puts some food that he had yes. just made. He's like, but, isn't it delicious? But he says it like that, which just makes him weird and creepy. I get you. I, I I get you. I think his name is Paige Priestley. That's his name. He's a Swedish, he's at Swedish Hill Bakery and Cafe in Austin, Texas. Next time we're in Austin, I'm at the stuff. Stop in. Oh, can I tell you why I do not like Paige? Why? And why we can move on. He cannot relate to people who like football. Oh. Bye. I'm still going to probably eat some of his food, though. Nah, bye. Uh, this food looks good, though. I looked at some pictures on the internet. Nah. All right. Next up, we have Riley. I think Riley is the eighth black guy. Yeah. 30-year-old attorney from Long Island City, New York. So fake New York City. The outskirts. <laughs> Fake New York City. I don't. I don't know if the city. We're only talking about if jobs are fake. I don't think we're talking about if cities are fake. I mean, if you're claiming Long Island City, that's like super outskirts, I believe. Where is Long Island City, New York? Why not just claim New York City at that point? I don't. Okay, so right here, Riley lives in Long Island City. He probably wanted to make sure people knew that he is from. Long Island. I, I think they have a they have a very important feelings about how they feel about people from like Manhattan versus him who's from Long Island. So Long Island City is a neighborhood in Queens, one of the boroughs. Okay, so it's like not even on Long Island. No. Nah. Okay, so you want to make sure people know. So now I'm just confused. <laughs> he hates museums. He loves baseball. Uh, that's good. How do you hate museums? Well, museums are kind of boring sometimes. Apparently, he's not here for intelligence. He he 
He's an attorney, though. But, like, what kind of attorney? Is he, like, trial attorney? Is he, like... He's a medical malpractice attorney. So, is he one of those dudes that, like, advertises that, like, in a wreck need a check? Is that him? He's probably an ambulance chaser. Yeah. But, hey, it's a living. It's a living. You ever seen, like, uh, the Flintstones? Of course. Or like the, the like the birds, like the record player. And then like, it's a living. That's kind of this dude. Yeah. He's an attorney. Well, he looks pretty fit. So if he's an ambulance chaser, he probably doesn't even get in his car. He just chases it down. <laughs> I feel, I don't think Riley is going to be an attorney for long. I think he's going to end up going to the male model space. Oh, yeah. The way he's standing. It, it, it's a weird, awkward stance, but it looks like it has potential. He has some pretty big biceps. Oh, I was going to say, he definitely has tickets to the gun show. Yeah. Yeah. He lifts. He also will be in the contention and not be wearing a shirt for most of the time on the season. See, I think he's going to be wearing a shirt, but I don't think he's going to be wearing sleeves. Okay, so sleeveless shirts, like yes. tops. Okay, I can see that. I expect to see Riley's guns out. Anytime the sun's out. Anytime he can. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Robbie, who's a 31-year-old insurance broker from Tampa, Florida. That's a real job. Yes, that is a real job. You don't lie about something like that. Yeah, and I think... Robbie's just a regular, he's wearing like a floral print I'd shirt. call it a, a borderline Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, and it's wearing it over a teal uh, t-shirt. Yeah. He, decent smile. I like how his head is cocked to like the left a little bit. He knows how to take a photo, but I don't necessarily think he's a model. Uh, well, he splits his time between Tampa and Los Angeles. He's a model. I lied. <laughs> so he's ready to make this happen. And I think he's only, what, 30, 31? Yeah, he's still trying to get in that last little bit. So he played college baseball at Florida State before moving home to work at the family insurance company. Okay. So he's definitely insurance, but I, if he's working at the family company, he's doing it because he didn't he make it in baseball. Well, because he hasn't been on The Bachelorette and become a model yet. Yeah, because he didn't make it in baseball. So he's doing that job because he's helping the family business out. But he's done. This is it. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, if he was your insurance broker, you need to find a new broker because Robbie will not be doing that any longer. Good luck. Good luck to you guys in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Next up is Tyler C. Tyler C. Tyler C. Uh, is a 27-year-old lawyer from Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, this dude is a model. He, His face says model. His, his face says model, but it also says goofball. <laughs> like, posture says Model goofball. Yes. I think he's, oh, this just in. He's a self-described Matthew McConaughey stan, and I see it. Yeah, I can see it, too. I think that's, in fact, I think he has adopted that personality as his own, and that's who he's going to be in the house. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Tyler C., regular-looking white dude, model. I can't wait to see his Instagram down the road. Yeah. Because it's going to be. Him broing down with a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. He will he be part of the bro brigade? Yes, the third the third member. Third member. Third member. I can see that. I'll be looking for that. Next, we have Tyler S. So Tyler S is a 36 year old music manager from Georgetown, Texas. Regular can, looking dude. He's a regular looking dude, and he's age appropriate. So I think that might be a real job. His brother's Granger Smith. Oh well, country singer. That sounds like so he probably manages his brother. Oh yeah. That I didn't even think sense. about that. That makes sense. Hey, mm. shouts to him, man. 
I, so that's a real job for sure. Music yeah. manager is for sure a real job. Granger Smith is a decently sized country singer. So his stipulation for his partner is she should be willing to adopt his family as their own. Well, when your brother is Granger Smith, you're probably out traveling a lot and you're with your brother, which is family. So she would need to be down for the cause. Um, I think Granger Smith and his, I think they I think he's the one that his son died tragically. The one that drowned. Yeah. 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 That was Granger Smith. I believe so. So that's tough. That's tough. But I'm glad that his brother's out here doing this. Tyler. Tyler Smith. We're just going to call him Tyler Smith. Because that's what the S stands for. Yes. So Tyler. Tyler Smith. Uh, shall see you and your family. I'm not even going to like make any jokes. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are really able to like get through with it. Sorry. Sorry about the, the kid. Your, your nephew. Yeah. We have like three more left. We have Yosef. So Yosef is a 30-year-old medical device salesman from Daphne, Alabama. Do you think he's friend with the Hannas? Who? Yosef, friend with the Hannas, because all the Hannas are from Alabama. Oh, like Hannah Ann and Hannah Brown? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, you, that's how you got on the show. You know. Really? No, I'm just joking. I don't know. Oh, I don't I'm, I don't know. I was <laughs> guessing because all Everybody in Alabama apparently knows each other in the Bachelor universe. Ah, but he was once married. At 24, he had a daughter. And then they got, they broke up. His ex-wife got remarried in February. And while he's happy for her, he says it's now his turn to find love. So he's here for the right reasons. So is this him being there for the right reasons? Or to get this, back his wife. I'm getting back at you <laughs> on national TV so everybody knows. I just don't think it's that. I think it's actually that one. Yeah. They have a kid, though. So you so he won't he won't come off as a bad dude because he can't look bad for his daughter I I would assume so I would hope not she's seven six seven well we don't know how old because it says he got married at twenty four and had a daughter right he could have so, had the daughter recently he's only thirty right True. so who knows although if she got remarried in February I'm guessing it was a short marriage yeah probably a couple years yeah he's a divorcee though. So huh. the first admitted divorcee we've seen. This is going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited to see. Oh, medical device salesman is a real job, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's a real job. Uh huh. I I'm in, excited to see what how he looks on this this season. Now, next up is Zach C, who's 36, addiction specialist. I'm assuming like helps people who have addictions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, I'm guessing he's a therapist of some sort. Yeah. From Haydenfield, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. This dude reminds me when I look at his face. I see a lot of Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. I see what well, with, well, with dark hair. I see a lot of. Uh, there's another face I'm seeing here. I had the name on the tip of my tongue. He had like a Nick Vile face a little bit too. A little bit. I could see that. The I see the Owen Wilson is without the broken nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. Yeah. He, he he fits like the bachelor mode of what they want their guys. I'm if I bet you if he was five years younger, six years younger, mm-hmm. he would have been in line to be the bachelor. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Because he fits that type that they like. So he says he's a proud sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. How many pairs of shoes do you think he brings? Oh, does he bring fifteen? So that's like three, two, three suitcases worth. 
yeah. including the shoes. I think, I think, I think I'm gonna be watching the shoe game. I'm gonna see if he's wearing different shoes. I think I'm gonna go outside with, of the times that they wear like the suits. Yeah, I think he's gonna have some kind of sneakers to go with the suits. Ooh, yeah, I think he's gonna have fancy sneakers. Okay, and I'm gonna go with twelve. 12, 12 pairs of shoes. 12 pairs of shoes. I really hope we get the answer to this question. Okay. Uh, last, we have Zach J, 37-year-old cleaning service owner from St. George, Utah. So I think we just met the last member of the bro brigade. <laughs> but like but he's the, the, old, grandfather, the, old bro. <laughs> the grandfather of the bro brigade. <laughs> also, cleaning service owner. Real job. Do you think he has any employees or you think he just does it himself? I think he probably has like a few employees. I like the fact, though, that he said he's had a major crush on Claire since watching her on Juan Pablo's season. Oh, nice. And he said that he's adamant that he's only here because he believes Claire is the perfect woman for him. I like this. So I think he gets out of the limo night one and Claire hits him with the why are you so obsessed with me? I think I think the key for Zach J will be to get out the limo and then play down the uh, crush vibes that he's going to have because he's got to last longer than like the first day. And then he could be like, listen, I saw you on Juan Pablo season and I felt like he did you dirty. And I just want to be here to be for you because that will not get you cut the first day because on the bachelor, the whole goal is to last as long as you can Mm -hmm. past that first night. Cause that first night they're looking for reasons to cut you. Yeah. Cause there's, we just went through, 30 something guys. Yes. I already forgot half of them. We got to gotta do something to get rid of these dudes. Mm-hmm. So we already forgot them. I got their pictures right here. Imagine Claire. She meets all of them at the same time. All right. So with that said, it's been announced that Claire does not actually stick around for the whole season. Mm-hmm. She leaves and is replaced by Tasha, which we will go in depth on Tasha when she shows up. Mm hmm. But what I want you to do is make a pick who you think she's picking. Who Tasha or who Claire is picking. So I think I'm going to do a top three guys that I think are in her top three. Mm -hmm. I think I think Tyler S is in the top three. Okay. Granger Smith's brother. I think Zach C is in the top three. I'm going to do top four. I think Jeremy and I think Dale. Okay. Those are the ones I think are in her top four. So I think we're looking at Bennett. Mm-hmm. I think he's got potential. I think we are looking at Garen. Okay. And I'm choosing with my heart, not my head. I'm looking at Ivan. I'm looking at you, Ivan. We'll I'm see. looking at you, Ivan. <laughs> Team Ivan, right now. Let's go. <laughs> Ivan, I, Ivan's kind of young, but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Choose one with my heart, not my head. CJ, we're going to be watching the season. We'll have a full in-depth recap on next week about the first episode. I'm sure it's a two-hour episode. I haven't even looked, but I'm sure if, it's If a not two-hour. three, but yeah. what else are you going to do? COVID. COVID. Yeah. CJ, you got anything else you want to talk about? So... As some of you may know, I am a huge fan of The Mass Singer. Mm, I watched this week. So we haven't talked about The Mass Singer yet, even though it's been back a few weeks now. Because, you know, we've had a lot going on. And I hope we do have time to talk about it in the future. 
But what I want to talk about is how off-putting it was to watch the first episode the first week. Mm -hmm. And there was a quote-unquote live studio audience. Ah, yes. Okay, so I watched my first episode of The Bass Singer this week, yesterday. Okay. Um, I watched it from, I guess, it airs Wednesday. Airs Wednesday night on Fox. Last night. I was shocked to see people in the audience, but they weren't in the audience. Exactly. So I say off-putting, quote unquote, because the first episode when it came on, I was like, "What? Why are there people packed to the gills?" It's it's amazing how six months change your perspective. Mm-hmm. There's too many people there. There was too many, people, too many there. people there. there. Nobody's wearing masks. They're on top of each other. Freaking they're out. They're not distanced. <laughs> Turns out they're using a combination of past season crowd shots mm-hmm. and a digital crowd. Along with a small, apparently social distance crowd, it looks like from what I can tell from the shots. But the formula of the show has changed because they used audience to cast votes prior. Now, because there's no one there, they use a live digital audience, which if I would have known, I could have been part of the live digital audience so that I can vote for who was the best. I would have been all about it because, again, couldn't do anything else. COVID happened. Is it too late? I, I would guess so. Because how can you keep these celebrities a secret? The longer that you go, the more likely it is to be exposed. I think, I guess you're right. I guess they filmed it all like maybe in the summer. I don't know. I'm not really sure. How they, I don't think it's live. Or is it live? I don't it's, think it's not live. live. No, it's not live. They film it all together and they edit it and put it together. And then they put it out week by week. So I would like to talk about Masked Singer more as we hit down the road. Because we still haven't seen all of the acts yet. Once we've seen all the acts... We can start taking some guesses. Wait, so like last night or this this past week was the playoffs for Group, group a. a. How many groups are there? So there's three groups. So B, so, A, B, C. So here's another thing. Like functionally, this show, although I think the show is very entertaining, the way that they function is very weird. So they do three groups of five this season. Okay. So the first week was Group A, and then they voted someone out. So then they go down to four. So then they went down to four. So then the second week was group B. Okay. So then they voted someone out. Four. So you would think they would have done group C this week, but they didn't. They did the group A playoffs to take them down to three. Why? I don't know. Because they... So I know that they have to take a week off because of the World Series. Okay. And they're going to try to get it down to the three groups where apparently three people will come out of each group. Okay. But I do not understand... Why they air them out of order? Yeah, film them out of order. I guess. Well, it would just it would make more sense to do Group A, Group B, Group C, and then revisit them. Last season when they did it, they did Group A in a block of episodes, and they did Group B in a block of episodes, and they did Group C in a block episodes. That way actually makes more sense to me. So I don't like that because you forget about the previous groups. But I, I I at least am invested in all of them at the same time. Yes. Especially because they're all masked anyway, so I don't know who's who. Mm-hmm. So that's why I prefer it that way. Yeah, I I enjoy it. And at the end of the day, I enjoy the zaniness of the show. I don't really care about the format. Mm-hmm. Just entertain me. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Mass Singer a little bit down the road. They're competing this week. Uh, this week, it was the giraffe. Wouldn't it be in Brian Austin Green? Yes. Apparently good friends with Robin Thicke. Yeah. They had a a music group growing up together or a pair. Yeah. They're a pair like Dick Two or something like that. Yeah. And they're neighbors. So that's cool. I I, I enjoyed it. I'll be watching. I'm still waiting for the episode when uh, 
Donnie Wahlberg is the mass singer. Hmm. Because Jenny will be like, how did you get here? How did this happen? How did you keep the secret from me? How did I not know? Yeah. If they don't have a season where that happens, they missed a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be really funny. Kid it on a little much. I didn't, didn't love it. So every season... Every episode, Ken Jong tends to monologue, which is why they did the gag this week where he just kept talking through the commercial break. Uh, They're trying to find different ways to fill time because they don't really have an audience, which we, is why you get those weird Nick Cannon cut shots with the uh, guys in the glasses, like yeah. security. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So like I said, the show's functionally, it looks different and it's shown differently, but it's still a great time. And they're, hey, they're competing. We're all, well, we're going to. We talk about everything competition here, so yeah. we will continue to talk about the competition. CJ, you have anything you want to promote? Well, again, you can find me on Twitter, Keyboard Sarcasm. Find me on the gram, CJLeo4. This week, CJ will be talking on Top 5 Go. That I will. About his favorite Disney characters. And... Let me tell you, I have opinions as I've shown about most things. It's it's the it's a good listen. Check it out. It'll be out on Wednesday of this coming week. Um, you can all check out everything at the Fury Podcast Network. We're on Instagram at Fury Podcast Network or on Twitter as well as Facebook at Fury Podcast Network. Follow the feeds, hear the strife. I think that's all the stuff. Yeah, look forward to. Uh, Talk about Claire's foray into love next week. Oh, and also check out the Decom After Dark podcast this coming week. We have our good friend Loretta on, and she will be talking about Halloween Town Two. Oof! For the holiday, for the upcoming holiday. So we, me and Lindsay talk about that. So enjoy that. I think that's everything, man. All right, all right, man. Uh, so good luck and uh, bye. Bye. Look, Claire. <laughs>